Now this we this scene we learned don't We are live. JW Megawake show. I am your host, the Candy Man. And tonight, you're in for a special musical treat. We got Gabby Castro in the box. There she is. Yeah, and uh, just come back for the uh, the lunchbox at the Salesforce Park. That was a lot of fun. That's actually where I ran into you. It is. Wait, let's see. Am I coming through? Oh, yeah, you're loud and clear. Sweet. Yes, that was awesome. I love playing up there. Yeah, it just was such a nice day today, too. And I went up there Honestly. with a, another friend, and I was just like, yeah, it almost feels like summertime now. Yeah, but then what is summer in San Francisco? I always ask myself that question. I was born and raised here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I'm an East Bay uh, kid, but I remember when I first moved to the city, I went to this ugly sweater party in June, and I think that's when the global warming thing started to really happen because it was hot. And yeah, there was no fog because that was the joke that it was foggy or foggier during the summertime. Yes, that's, yep, that's it. Fog town, fog city. <laughs> yeah, so how was, uh, how was, uh, coming up? Were you in the city before you, did you drive? Did you commute in here to the station? Uh, nope. I came from my hometown of Union City. So to like, just like we were talking about earlier, I took the dreaded 880. <laughs> wow. So did you take San Mateo Bridge? I did. Yeah. 880-92-101. That's not too bad. Not at all. I'll take that over the Bay Bridge, even though I should, you know, I should say nice things about the Bay Bridge, considering my grandfather played a huge role in the remodeling of it. Oh, cool. What, what year was that? I don't even remember, uh, but when they, like, I remember growing up and seeing the, like, the pieces of it, and then the new part being built, and he was part of the new part being built, like, he helped design that. And that is so fun. Yeah, like, he would tell us about how, like, yeah, you know, it should withstand the earthquakes that we're supposed to get, and, you know, he's from Chile, which is a huge earthquake nice. country, so he's like... No, they should be fine. And then, you know, the movie San Andreas came out. I was like, Grandpa, what is this? And he's like, Gabby, no, that's just an exaggeration. It's fine. It's going to be fine. Wow. Chile. Yep. That's a great one. It's definitely on my list to go. Oh, Places yeah. to go. I haven't been since I was like a year and a half old, so I remember nothing. But apparently, <laughs> it's just like California, just Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, so it's got the earthquakes. It's got the coast. Wine. And the wine. Yep. And the cool people. I would assume so. I mean, you know, my mom's side They're of the family's from there. So um, <laughs> mom's side of the family. I think you're cool. <laughs> that is fun. I, um, yeah, just the history of, we're talking about just the, everything and your, your grandfather coming up here and the whole backstory of the, the city and all the stories, all the people that have come here and settled here is so so cool yeah honestly my family came here like in the 80s both sides nice. so we haven't been here super long but i mean you know i've spent my entire life here minus the time i was in college so you know and i don't know if i'll be leaving anytime soon i love it here too much i mean they're kind of pricing me out being a musician in the bay area but i'm 
fighting really hard to stay. Yeah. I, uh, there was somebody, actually a friend of mine lives in uh, Berkeley and they got this big two bedroom, two bath place that they have all on their own. And they got this private backyard and they're paying over $3,000 a month to live there. And I'm like, gosh, you know, like it's cool, but that's a lot of, a lot of money. And they're like, oh, well, you know what? I you know, pay every cent that I had in my bank account to live here. And I don't know. I think there's there's some truth to that. I mean, especially if you got roots here. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't want to leave. And as a musician, you know, a lot of people have told me, move to Nashville, move to L.A. and New York. And I'm like, well, first of all, New York and L.A. are also very expensive. Nashville's getting up there, too, from what I've heard from a lot of friends I have who are there right now. But I don't know. I just I've always found this place home and my second home would be the sierras um but i don't know if i could just like kind of start over in the middle of nowhere although i have to say i feel like i am more myself in the middle of nowhere than anywhere else (laughs) but this is home i mean i have so many memories all over the bay area like union city that's where i spent my childhood um i moved to san jose for like middle and high school, but I went to actual middle and high school in Palo Alto. So that's good. <laughs> I feel like I've been all over the Bay Area and, and lived in most of it. It's the North Bay I don't know very well, and I'm trying to spend more time there. That's funny that you said that. I'm a, I'm an East Bay kid, and I went to college in San Luis Obispo. Ah. And so there's a lot of, you know, people that went to, you know, kids that went to school down there from up here. They'd be like, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Something I notice is that the East Bay kids know nothing about the North Bay and the North Bay kids know nothing about the East Bay or the peninsula. And and then the South Bay kids don't know anything about North Bay or the East Bay, but everyone knows San Francisco. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone knows the city. But I mean, until very recently, I thought uh, Contra Costa and Solano County were the same thing. And then, because I played a show in Martinez, and then I played a show in Benicia, and I thought they were in the same county, and people were like, uh, no, (laughs) you're very off. I'm like, sorry. Yeah, I never thought about that, too. I mean, um, yeah, Solano County, and that for me, yeah, that's just kind of nowhere land for me. (laughs) Right? Outside of Contra Costa County and Alameda County, I'm just like, oh, I guess Marin County a little bit, but Solano County, like, what? It's, it's like that yeah, in between. Yeah, like Vallejo and Benicia, which are two places I love to play. I'll actually be at the Vallejo Farmer's Market tomorrow. So oh, cool. I'm looking forward to that. And I haven't played there since like pre-COVID. So I'm happy to be back. That's but fun. It's definitely, it's like I think of it more as that transitional area between the Bay Area and like Sacramento. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're on your way. Like you're pretty much almost in Sacramento by the time you get through Vallejo. At least that's how I feel. I don't know. Yeah, it's just really quick from there. I mean, the jelly bean factory, and after that, you're just, you know, tap your feet and you're there. Exactly. And then there's, you know, Napa with no traffic. and Sonoma. Yeah, with no traffic. <laughs> and yeah, Napa and Sonoma. That's the other thing is I didn't even realize Napa was in the Bay Area until I started playing wineries. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, Napa? What? Because I thought Napa was like the super far away place. And then I'm like, wait less than two hours from where i live what is happening yeah i don't know it's funny because i was having that conversation with somebody the other day and we're trying to figure out like what makes it bay and not bay right like i uh had a friend in san luis obispo said they're from the bay area and they said they're from santa cruz oh my god and i feel like santa cruz is like 
kind of its own thing and it's cool. Yeah. And it's probably the Bay Area is probably the closest thing that you could call it other than just being Santa Cruz because Santa Cruz is its own thing, you know? Right. I mean, it's the northern central coast. Like, I know it's its own area, but I feel like it's an honorary Bay Area County. Like, I remember when COVID started, they grouped Santa Cruz and Monterey counties and I think San Benito into the whole like Bay Area sector of like, you know, the restrictions and everything. I was like, well, you know, that kind of makes sense because Santa Cruz and San Benito and, and Monterey are like all fairly close to here. But yeah, Santa Cruz is an interesting place. And the majority of my shows are in that county right now. So I don't know. I feel like it's close enough. Like I feel like Santa Cruz is more Bay Area than like Napa. But I'm sure like if anyone is listening in from like Napa, they're like, <laughs> how dare you? I'm yeah. sorry. So what's funny is that the person who I was talking to, we had narrowed it down by area codes. Uh, and so it, there's five Bay Area area codes. Mm-hmm. I guess there's a couple more now because of the new ones. But, right. Um, there's the uh, 415, mm-hmm. 510, uh, 650, Palo Alto, 408, That's me. and 925. Yep. So they're saying if it's not those five area codes, then it's not. So, so Santa Cruz would be 831. Yep. And then Napa is 707. Seven, yeah. But... I mean, it's Napa. It's its own destination. It's kind of like its own thing. It's not like it's a, I don't know. It's like the Bay Area, basically. I mean, basically is. From what I, because I did a lot of research on this because I was like, you know, I'm from here. I need to know what the actual Bay Area is. It's any county that touches the San Francisco Bay. And that's all nine counties. It's, um, oh. do it from memory. There he is. I like that. It's a great <laughs> Yeah, let's see. So North Bay would be Solano, Napa, Sonoma, Marin. And then you've got San Francisco. Then you've got San Mateo, Santa Clara. And then you've got Alameda, Contra Costa. And they all touch the bay somewhat. So that's the Bay Area. And then Santa Cruz and Monterey, that's the Monterey Bay that they're touching. So they don't count. But when it comes to stuff like regions, that's when they're like, nope, Santa Cruz and Monterey, you're like honorary. And San Benito, we can include you too. Hollister will include you too. But that's how I figured it out was it's each county touches the base somewhat. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, I I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so Solano County touches the bay. Yep. So Solano County is part of the bay. And there's other cities that are part of Solana County that maybe the city doesn't touch the bay, but the county touches the bay. Exactly. So Napa is in the bay. In conclusion, yes. Yeah, I think so. Very fun. <laughs> yeah, so it was really awesome. I know, you know, you got brought the guitar. It's such a pretty guitar. And you. Um, you got, you know, um, Gabby Castro and you got all everything streaming. Is it streaming everywhere now? Bandcamp. Uh, yeah, I'm on Bandcamp, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. I'm old school and use iTunes. Yes. Um, and Bandcamp. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much anywhere you can find digital music, uh, like YouTube. Um, I've had people tell me they found me on Rhapsody, and I'm like, oh, you still use <laughs> Rhapsody? That's exciting. 
Is it distro kid? Are you using that? Uh, I use CD Baby. Oh, nice. Distribution. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I went to this uh, show at the Slate a couple months ago, and this guy comes up. He's starting to play set. He's like, yeah, I'm on, you know, Bandcamp. I'm on SoundCloud, and I'm on Spotify if you hate artists. <laughs> I was just like laughing so hard. Oh, I thought it was gosh. so funny. Well, back in college, um, I was dating this guy and he and his friends decided to stream. I had just released uh, my album Love Always. This was like 2015. And they decided to stream the entire album on Spotify for 24 hours straight. So it was like three or four guys just streaming 13 songs for 24 hours. They made me a few cents. A few cents. A few cents. Wow. Yep. <sighs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's that's tough. You're better off busking. Honestly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Farmer's markets are just... <laughs> I feel like they're a very underrated kind of gig. Because, I mean, I know in some places you can get paid. Like, actually paid to do farmer's markets. But the ones I play are just tip-based. And I, I mean, I do pretty well, especially like when it's a nice time of year. Cause you know, it's one thing if it's like pouring rain or if it's like, you know, you're in, what was it? I think one year I played in Fairfield and it was like 104 Oh geez. and I was just dripping sweat the whole time. And like people were very nice and, you know, tipped nicely, but it was just like, oh my God, if it had been like today, would have gone much better but i tell people especially you know like more acoustic acts like if you are looking for a gig that is like easy to access and not very stressful because you have a very mobile audience like people are constantly moving you can repeat your set list in the span of like four hours because it's always going to be different people i mean the vendors are probably going to be like oh god she played that song like four times already but you know there's always new people walking by but it's a great way to just practice your songs and see like what the audience likes i've gotten some great feedback actually on the material for my new album from playing farmers markets because people will be like oh my gosh like i really like the song you just played i'm like oh thank you it's gonna be on the new album and they're like oh no way and you know it works out really well yeah, that's a that's a great feeling to be out there in the you know in the market or the street you know and just people just walking by that never would have heard before exactly and just I like that too that's yeah. fun I was on the Muni the other day and when's the last time you went played music have you ever played music on the Muni you can play music on the Muni yeah I did it the other day what yeah I was I was uh Ooh. doing it you know. Um, Carlos Santana is a big uh, influence of mine. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So I was just um I was rocking out on the the uh, Muni and everyone was egging me on. We oh. should do it. We should. Uh, yeah. You and I we could do a little rock out. Maybe oh my god. Sometime over the summer that'd be really <laughs> funny. We get somebody. To... I couldn't believe it. It's, there was somebody that got off the bus and they had said, "This is the best, funnest Muni ride that I've taken in many years." She's like, that's so sweet. Wait, I didn't even realize you could do that. I mean, like, I just, I've always been afraid to bring, like, my guitar with me onto public transportation. I mean, when I lived in, when I was in college, I lived in the Twin Cities. I would have to take my guitar with me to get to gigs mm -hmm. unless I Ubered. But most of the time I took the light rail and, you know, I would just have my gear with me. It was fine. But when I'm here, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about taking my guitar, like, on the Caltrain or the BART. Oh, God forbid, the part. <laughs> yeah. 
but like the muni I, I, is it a kind of a tight fit in um so i actually so for me i do have a soft case you have a soft case yeah i do yeah so if i carry like a full size guitar but i um in this particular case i was uh carrying around this little parlor size guitar and i just um, you know and it's kind of a you know a beater guitar that you know if i broke it or something or if it broke and you know, i want to be crying in my evian water about it you know <laughs> i'd be like okay you know and so that that's kind of what it is i got this little um jim dandy it's just basically like an 80 dollars guitar that okay. looks cool and you really got to you got to play some heavy power chords on it for to even hear it, like on the acoustic, right? Not really. I'm just kidding, but sort of. I mean, you got to really strum it, you know. Yeah. Like it's not going to sound as as nice as that. Yeah. Uh, sure. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would not bring that on public transportation. <laughs> oh my gosh! So the light rail. I'm just super into what we're just so the is that isn't Chicago, isn't? So that's Blue Line. Never mind. I'm thinking of something else. Actually, I lived in St. Paul. That's where I went to college, St. Paul, Minnesota. And we had the light rail. We had uh, the Blue Line would take you from downtown Minneapolis to Mall of America. And uh, the Green Line would take you from downtown Minneapolis to downtown St. Paul. So depending on where my gigs were, I played mostly within the Minneapolis or St. Paul area. I would take the blue or light blue or light blue or green line <laughs> on the light rail and it was so much cheaper too. rush hour fares were three dollars yeah that's you know it. that's something that oh my gosh i feel like i'm yeah i just i noticed that as far as public transportation everyone else listening in out there um you know that what we're talking about is if you go to different public transportation places i've a lot of times it's 10 bucks and it's all day Mm -hmm. and it's just BART is just so expensive oh my god i mean it's like 15 bucks to get there and back but you know if you forgot your you know your sunglasses and you know then you have to pay another you know whatever it's just uh i do like i like the idea of all day passes you think about it, it's just mm -hmm. people are if people are more encouraged to take the public transportation um then they're just going somewhere and you know it's generating re revenue for someone yeah. out there. So I kind of look at it that way, but I'm seeing that BART's pretty packed as it is. And that Muni was pretty packed too. Yeah. Yeah. It's... They probably don't need to bring anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be nice if we, you know, had more or like made public transportation more accessible, but also like less packed. You know, does that mean we need more train cars? Does that mean, you know, we need... uh we need them running more often. I don't know. Cause I know on weekends, like the Caltrain, there's some stations that get no service and some have actually been taken out. Like I remember uh, when I was in preschool, cause my mom would take me to daycare in Atherton and then she would go study at San Jose state and she would take the Caltrain from the Atherton station to San Jose Derridon. And that would be weekdays. And then a few years later, I think I was like in middle or high school, they turned Atherton into a weekend only station. Oh, no. And I think now it's not even in service. I could be wrong, but I, I know Menlo Park is still in service because I pass that all the time. Um, and I've and Redwood City is also a pretty important station. But there's some that have just been taken out completely. And I don't know if it's because like not enough people would ride or whatever. But I mean, with Caltrain, it's just, it's also very slow in comparison. And it's like, that would be, it would be nice if it could, you know, 
run faster and it ran more often because I took Caltrain from San Jose Derridon to Palo Alto for my first semester of senior year because I had my license but my parents were like no we're not letting you drive for like another six months like your second semester you can drive I'm like okay fine so I would take Derridon or I would take the Caltrain from Derridon and on top of that I was I had just turned 18 so I couldn't get the student pass anymore so the amount of money I was paying to get from San Jose to Palo Alto was ridiculous for a high school student. Like it was just, it was not fair. And on top of that, there were like three trains I could catch. And if I missed the third one, I was screwed. Like I would be like an hour late to school. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's bad. I, uh, I had a going away. Uh, we had a going away for a friend and we took a Caltrain to great America. Ooh. And I remember just seeing it as like, you know, I was with some good friends and we're having a good time. But I remember thinking that this is taking way too long. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think Uber was big then, but we had too many people. It would have been like a huge, like an Uber XL or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody's calling in here, huh? Oh, cool. I wonder who it could be. Mutiny Radio, this is the Candyman and Gabby Castro in the box. Oh, whoop. Mutiny Radio, Candyman, Gabby Castro. Hey, um, I was wondering, do you guys have the open mic tonight? We do, yes. Yeah, it's a comedy battle. Yeah, I like to call it the comedy battle on the show. Kicking back here in the box with Gabby Castro here. How you doing out there? You coming to the open mic? Well, I was wondering, I tried, I, last time I came, I did a performance. Um, they told me to sign up on Facebook, but I wasn't uh, sure where to sign up, so I was wondering if I could sign up for it tonight. Oh, you know, it's a, yeah, you have to do it on Vebmo. But um, anyways, hey, man, I got I got to jump off the line, but uh, I got something for you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this open mic, this, uh, this battle, this comedy battle, I call it the comedy battle. Pam called it the comedy battle for two weeks. And I just kept on calling it the comedy battle. <laughs> just stick with it. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. So I wanted to play a track for everyone out there listening in um, off your new record. And um, yeah, this is the Warrior. La Guerrera? Warrior EP? La Guerrera. Yeah. I love that. I can't do the rolling R's. Yeah. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh, this is fun. Yeah, so I was going to play a track for everyone out there listening. we got Gabby Castro here in the box. we got a fancy guitar here. I'm looking forward to what's to come. For sure. And uh, I would go for the... Ooh, let's go for the fourth track. The Flight? The Fight. The Fight? I guess I can't read, too. Oh. It's all good. It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday somewhere. It's everywhere. Find that you didn't take the fight out of me 
web I've played dead enough times Oh, you didn't take the fight out of me You didn't take the fight out of me You were in this to kill Oh, say what you will Cause you didn't take the fight out of me That is Gabby Castro here, live Mutiny Radio FM. We got have the honor of having you in the box here right now. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to have you. Yeah, this is so much fun. And although I have to say it can be quite stressful driving into and driving in the city, I really enjoy coming up here. Yeah, there's not much like the city. There really isn't. <laughs> like I've over the years, I've made a lot of friends who live all over the country and all over the world. And when I mention I'm from the Bay Area, they're like, "Oh, so you're from San Francisco?" And I have to tell them, "Well, I'm not from the city exactly, but I do spend a lot of time in it." And you know, like I know a lot of the landmarks and everything. Though I have to say, I, and I I put this on my Instagram story. I was looking at the Sutro Tower, and I was like. What is that what what is that called again? I've seen that thing since I was a kid. <laughs> I forget what it's called. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You know, I I would always point up at the when I was a kid and point at the Sutro Tower and say Twin Peaks. Ah. Uh... But the Twin Peaks are actually the hills, the two hills that are on the top, not the tower. The actual but... tower, yeah. And there's Coit Tower, but that's like a whole other part of the city. <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny. I um, so I'm in I'm in Bernal Heights. Well, they're calling it Bernal Heights, and I was talking to somebody like before, um, before I was on the way to the station here, mm-hmm. and uh, there was an SF native that was part of this meeting that I was in, and I I told him that I live in what they're calling Bernal Heights now, mm. and so I live on the south side of the hill, on Mission Street, and so for me, I mean, I always considered El Rio and the knockout Mm-mm. and I was, I was in the real cuckoo and I always considered that to be outer mission. Cause that's what it felt like, but, uh, but that's what they're calling it. You know, it's a, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. I don't know. I think of there was somebody, you know, I'm not, I'm not ageist or anything, but somebody that, you know, had been around for a lot longer than I had been around and was born and raised in the same neighborhood that I live. They said, it's always been Bernal Heights. Mm. Yep. Things change. It's like in San Jose too. They've they've changed, or there's just new parts of the city that are growing and you know 
have different names and all of that. Like I moved to Evergreen in San Jose, which is like East San Jose. But then when you say East San Jose, people think like uh, Alum Rock and like Story and Tully, which are like. <laughs> oh yeah, Tully is way. Yeah, I know what you're talking about that. There's a Tully exit on 101. Yes, that is the exact. Yep. Um, when I lived in San Jose, my exit was Capital, which was the one right after Tully. So that. <laughs> It's interesting. Like East San Jose has a uh, people have thoughts about that area, but I lived in Evergreen, which is considered like the fancy part. Until you get to like Silver Creek Valley, then that's like the gated community part. Where like when I lived there, I was like, oh, wow, these houses are uh big, okay. <laughs> but it's yeah. like East San Jose. It's like you literally have like billionaires, and then you have like you, you might get shot walking down the street. Like it's like just the difference is massive and i know san francisco has parts like that too every big city has that honestly yeah it's really it's really interesting i have uh there's a comedian um that i spoke to recently and they did their first set on geary street Ooh, okay in san francisco and so that's really just it's pretty loiny you know yeah and um but you could be on Geary Street, but you could be on the bad side of Geary Street. Like, exactly, you could be twenty-five feet away from where this side of the street is bad, and you're right. in a good side. I don't know. It's interesting, kind of the San Jose thing. So, I am. I'm not too familiar with San Jose. I have a really good friend of mine that has a place. Um, gosh, it's right off of the Guadalupe. Okay, yeah, I know where that is. Uh, is it what is the what is the number of the freeway 17 oh 87 that's right yeah and so they got this place right next to this barbecue spot Mm. that it looks like it's been there forever but the building that they live in is just new yeah and it's got this breathtaking views of of downtown uh san jose and i haven't spent much time there but I mean, I felt like it was pretty safe where I was at. But Yeah. Oh, that part of San Jose is quite interesting because it's like, I would say it's like in between downtown and Willow Glen, which are like, you know, two different neighborhoods. And, and downtown, I mean, I feel like every city's or every major city's downtown, it's like you have to be careful where you are because, you know, you never know what's going on. My parents lived in downtown San Jose, like when they first like moved in together and they saw something. That is very romantic. <laughs> Well, they saw some things while they were living in downtown San Jose, but um, things change so quickly. Like, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, even, like, where I live right now in Union City, like, it's completely changed from when I was growing up. It's, like, the neighborhood is completely different. It's just, it's hard to, to wrap my mind about, around it, honestly. And with bigger cities, I feel like it's even more pronounced. You know, some parts that, like, might have yeah. been considered the bad part, like, 20 years ago, are now like average or really nice and then like parts that used to be really nice have kind of fallen more into like urban decay and like it, it's it's interesting how that works yeah it's like hell's kitchen yeah <laughs> uh, it's uh it's interesting now i uh you know i have a, a family member that lived in hell's kitchen and you talk about hell's kitchen now and that's like that's the you know gay neighborhood mm. uh which yeah. is great i don't know i mean i i knew somebody that was in the cannabis industry and they're looking to open up a store and they they're like we need to be in the castro because you know they're working professionals or whatever i don't know that sounds i don't know what angle he was going for it was definitely a business related thing but 
I really think they, you know, cleaned up. That was part of the reason why that neighborhood cleaned up. I have no idea. I don't pretend to know, but... Yeah, I remember growing up and, like, my parents had a very distinct view of the Castro, and it's, like, completely changed. And then it's funny because it's my last name, so people, like, tend to make <laughs> jokes about me and the Castro district. That's your like, real last oh. name? It is, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think this was, like, five years ago. My mom and I were walking, or we, we were just driving through the city. I think I had a show in, oh, no, I played the Castro Farmer's Market. And we had some extra time, so I was just, like, walking around with my guitar on my back, and I just, like, stood under, like, the street sign, like, said Castro, and just took a picture, and was like, look where I am. That was just really fun. Yep. Oh, I was with my dog, too, so, like, it worked even better, because, like, we had just gotten him, so I was just like, here is this little puppy. <laughs> Anakin Castro at the Castro. <laughs> yes, my dog's name is Anakin. Really? My that's brother great. named him both. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good name. I, um, trying to remember, I, I've met a lot of dogs with some cool names, and I can't really think of anything right now. There was this, um, big fluffy white dog that somebody named Marshmallow, and I was like, oh, oh that God. makes sense. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I need to be, I don't know, I haven't had a pet in a while. I'm a plant dad. Mm. I got this latest plant, I'm calling it Strawberry Fields. Perfect. Yeah. I don't know, you know, I'm just, it's fun to name plants. I just, I feel like I'm going to name an animal, like, like your dog has a meaningful name, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I, I don't know, if I, I don't know. And that's the thing is that people ask me, oh, we're going to adopt a dog. What kind of a dog were you going to adopt? I was like, I don't know. I'm not, you know, particularly biased against any dogs or right. breeds or thing. If I met, I feel like if I found the right dog i'd be like okay that's cool you know exactly yeah. what kind of a dog uh anakin's a beagle oh, yeah no way so my brother really wanted a beagle and one of my classmates like wrote on on facebook this was 10 years ago she was like yeah like a family friend's <laughs> dog just had a a litter of beagle puppies and i was so like cute. wait a minute Oh my goodness. And so we talked and, you know, we were able to get Anakin. So it worked out really well. They, I guess he, he was an unexpected litter. And I was like, oh, you know, that happens. That happens. And so like, we didn't have to pay for him or anything. Because like purebred puppies can be expensive. It was a purebred. You yeah. have a purebred beagle. Yeah, a purebred beagle. That's, yeah. How old is uh, the dog now? He is, he's turning 10. Wow. Uh, in six days. <laughs> I'm just like looking at my phone. Oh wow! So he's a Gemini. No, he's a he's a Taurus. Oh, he's a Taurus, he's barely, a Taurus. barely, barely a Taurus. Yeah, kind of the cusp, huh? Which is hilarious because he, like he's an Earth sign, I'm an Earth sign, my mom's an Earth sign, and we're all different Earth signs. So we kind of just round it out like that. Oh, and my cat's also an Earth sign. Wow. I didn't even realize that. Huh. Yeah. Yep. I believe that I am a fire sign. Like. Based on your birthday, or do you feel you are a fire sign? Both, I think. Okay. <laughs> oh it could be just um, the lack of water and tremendous amount of coffee that I drank earlier today. Oh, that's all good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, I mean, you're playing, your next show, you're playing on the 20th, you said, right? Uh, or what's the next show? 
Oh gosh, my schedule is all over the place. Uh, tomorrow, the 14th. Oh, the 14th, okay. Yeah. Tomorrow I'll be in Vallejo for their farmer's market from 9 to 2. Sunday, I will be in Alameda for the Head West Marketplace. It's, no way. Um, it's at Hangar 1. You know what's funny is I'm actually going to be out there. Oh, in Alameda tomorrow, yeah, that might oh. work out. Wait, tomorrow or Sunday? Oh, is it Sunday? Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'll be there 1 to 3. Yeah, Trixie was like, hey... We have an opening. Do you want to play? And I'm like, you know what? That's perfect because I have Trixie's like... Bixen, Trixie's booking that? Yeah. Yeah. She books headways. You know what? She's great. She's I... fantastic. She, she saved me because I have like no gigs this month. Because I like... She's I'm like a Kansas firefighter running... Next week. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm in Kansas City next week for a conference. So like I can't do gig... Well, I'm showcasing because it's like a musician conference. So that's happening. But like obviously showcases aren't paid. So I'm like... Mm okay and then the following week i'm at bottle rock in napa so and no i am not i wish i was playing bottle rock but i am not i am <laughs> i'm there watching people perform so it's like I, it's the first festival i've been to since riot fest in chicago and that was like seven years ago riot fest yeah i went to riot that actually fest. sounds like a i've never heard of it before but it's just sounding the first time that listening and hearing riot fest that sounds like a punk rock like mosh dive it was like oh gosh it was a lot of different genres it was metal <laughs> punk uh hip-hop indie like just a whole combination of of musicians it was it was really fun honestly like i had a great time the only thing was i forgot that the midwest has extremely unpredictable weather so when i went i was like in a hoodie and just you know, like all fabric clothing, not realizing that in September or pretty much any time of year, Chicago can get these really nasty thunderstorms. And so it started downpouring and I was soaked, just soaked. It was so bad. And I was with my boyfriend at the time and he's just like, did you not realize that this happens? And I'm like, no, I'm from California. We don't get downpours like this. Like if we got downpours like this, we wouldn't have destructive wildfires. Yeah, we need more of that. Bring some of it over here. We really need more. Like, we need thunderstorms that are less lightning, more water. Like, if we could just switch with the Midwest. Like, they can take our lightning. We will take the the actual water. Like, we'll take the rain. Like, let's just do a little switcheroo here. That would be great. Yeah. Gosh. You know, that's funny. It's talking about global warming and and uh, and and water and natural disasters and, and stuff. I... I met someone the other day that actually has this um, ginormous machine. I mean, it's like huge. It's it's like as big as half of, half of this block here. It's like this giant machine that uh, converts, it cleans water. Mm. So I don't know. It just seems like, gosh, you have all that water in the ocean. You feel like, you know, there'd be a way to, you know... I mean, they get so much rain up north, even that's not even as far away as where you were talking about that there's, they get so much rain up there. There's a way that they could get the rain here. You know, I mean, Honestly. Elon Musk is putting people on the freaking Mars. You think they'd be able to figure out that by now, you know? Right? Oh my gosh. Oh, we need to figure that out. I mean, at this point, I feel like there isn't a Californian who doesn't know someone who's been affected by wildfire, like whether it's been like directly like lost a home or almost lost a home or like dealt with the really horrible air quality or like had a, a close call, like the, um, the SCU complex from a couple years ago came within a few miles of my apartment. 
I mean, like, my family and I, we were watching the news, like, if this fire jumps 680, we're screwed. Like, we're going to have to go. We're, we might lose things. Like, the, the freaking neighborhood might burn. I mean, it was terrifying. And then I had friends down in Santa Cruz with the CZU fire who came within, I mean, one of my friends, I think the fire came within less than a mile of his house. And it was untouched. But I remember, like, <sighs> driving through... Uh, that part, this is Boulder Creek. So like up in the oh, mountains. Yeah. yeah. And I was driving around because I had a gig in Boulder Creek later that day and I had some time to kill. And I was like, I'm going to go drive on, I forget the name of that. 17? Route. It wasn't 17. It was, it was three digits. I forget which one it was. But you could drive through it and it would take you to the uh, Redwoods Park. And I remember driving and seeing oh, like, houses, 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 and then foundation. And just charred trees and nothing like all that was left of the house was the concrete foundation like that's it and then literally across the street untouched house and then you keep going and you see like burned house burned house burned house untouched house and it was just like that for like a couple of miles and then you get to the actual uh redwood park and it had to be shut down because there were like little fires that they still had to put out and it was just it was so sad to see that and just be like because it's one thing to like see it in the news and like read about it or like go on Twitter and doom scroll, which I do way too much of. But it's another thing to like actually see it with your own eyes and be like, this person lost everything. And then it's like, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to rebuild because, huh, you know, building houses in California, it's not exactly cheap. So and I don't know what their insurance situation is. So it's just it's rough. And it's definitely something like with my music, um, I've been using a lot of, and this was before like, you know, SCU and CZU and um, LNU and all those major fires. Like I use a lot of wildfire imagery, especially with my new album coming out. And it has like, a whole new meaning now because it, it, you know, it's one thing to use it as a metaphor of like, you know, things you've gone through, but it's another thing to sing about wildfire imagery and realize that, actual wildfires have affected your community and the people around you that's wild so you wrote a song that was inspired by that um not exactly um a lot of i mean i have a new song it's like sitting in front of me right now and i used a lot of imagery like from what i've seen like in the news and from stories that people have told me about almost losing their homes um i mean i somehow managed to throw in the word pyrocumulus into a song and i the only reason i did that was because i wanted to use that imagery of a huge cloud that came from a fire as like a sense of impending doom i've never seen a pyrocumulus cloud in person though but i can only imagine how terrifying that is you know to see that coming towards you being like there's a fire that caused that and that fire is burning everything in its path yeah that's a trip Ever thought about that? Yeah, I mean, using that, I, there's really interesting too. I I think a, I was a very young kid, and someone had told me there was a song, um, and it, I feel like it kind of relates to what you're talking about uh, a little bit, but maybe more pyromania. Mm. Um, is that there's that song? I forget the name of the artist uh, that talked about. So was it Sonny Came Home? You know that song, Sonny Came Home. Wind is good, 
Dry is good and wind is better. Strike a match. You know. Oh. Yeah. Days go by. Yeah, so it was about a pyromaniac lighting stuff on fire. Mm. But I feel like, you know, the closest thing with um with the houses and, and that whole thing that I've seen pictures of paradise. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was that was a while. There was an artist who I knew, um, him and his wife and his kids. They had a place here in Knob Hill, lost his job, moved to Lake Tahoe. Oh no. And then all those fires happened. Yep. So then yeah. I just can't imagine, you know. It's terrifying. Actually, I would like to write a song for Paradise because that that was hard. I was living in San Mateo at the time when uh, when the campfire happened, and I remember like the the day it, it the day the fire started. I was out walking Anakin, like, and I lived next to this body of water. I think it's called a slough. It's like I was very close. I was on the border of San Mateo Foster City, so I was pretty much on the bay. And I was walking Anakin, and I just noticed, like, everything seemed kind of off. And I look, and I realize that the sky was kind of orange. And I'm like, weird. And then my phone started going off with, like, air quality alerts and all of this just, like, and I, I think I had my Apple Watch at the time, too, and, like, the air quality was getting into the three digits. And I'm like, what's going on? This is really weird. And... Then I, I saw the news and I saw what was going on in Paradise. And the fact that that fire was so huge that that air quality traveled like almost 200 miles to get to, you know, San Mateo, like from Par San Mateo to Paradise, like that's a few hours drive. And it was just horrifying to, to see what happened. And so many people lost their lives. And there was just, there were so many failures on so many parts. and. Gosh, I... So Wednesday morning. Yeah. It was uh, September 9th. September, I thought it was November. Are we talking about which one? I'm talking about Paradise. Uh, you know what? The, maybe it was orange. Maybe the sky was orange more... Maybe it was orange more than once? Yes, it has maybe been. Maybe it could have been. When Paradise happened, it was like kind of a tinge and like you could taste it in the air, but no, no, no. Uh, oh, when, when like the sky actually turned orange... Yeah, that was like last year. No, no, a couple of years ago. You think it... that was during the complex fires? You're right. I think it was 2020, huh? Yeah, because yeah, Paradise was... was 2018. I remember it was my uh, my cousins uh, and my 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 aunt's uh, and uncle's anniversary. Oh my god! Um, and I remember thinking I was just like, I woke up at nine o'clock. Thing I was like, it's still dark out. Yep. And then I looked down, I'm like, wait a second, what? Yep. And then, yeah, that, that's why. I mean, you think about it, like you were just saying, that's so far away. And for the wind and the current, or the wind, how it was able to even bring it this way, it just was puzzling. That's such a long ways away for it to go directly over the bay. Yeah, honestly. Like, Paradise, I feel like, was a warning almost. Because, like, it was bad, but it got bad bad when the sky was quite literally like the color of cheetos or like at least in my air it was more like pale cheetos but i saw pictures where it was just like bright orange and oh that was like i remember going outside seeing my car covered in a, a thin layer of ash and at the time i was staying home all the time because i couldn't play gigs uh my day job i couldn't 
work. So I was on unemployment. That was not a fun time. But the extra 600 bucks wasn't bad. Did you get that? Yeah, that wasn't bad until it ended. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was like, uh uh-oh, this is not good. But, you know, I'm I'm glad that I was at least able to get some help. And then I was able to go back to gigs and what I actually enjoy doing. Because sitting at home for a few months, you know, at first it was like, oh, okay. And then after a while it was like, uh, I don't want to sit at home anymore. This is not, this is not it. But while this was happening, I feel like this was right where I was entering that, wait, it's been a minute. I kind of need to start going out now. And I stepped outside and I saw like the orange sky and just that was apocalyptic. And I had friends from, you know, my, my friends in the Twin Cities and friends in other parts of the country and the world who were like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, the fires are far enough away that like I'm safe. But I have friends who are in the danger zone, and it's terrifying. I mean, I was, like, texting and uh, tweeting at friends constantly being like, are you okay? Do you need me to head over with my car and see if maybe I can, like, help you move stuff out if you need to? Because, like, at this point, it was like, what can we do? Yeah. (laughs) That was, ugh, not a fun time. You you look back on it, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that that was wild. But at the time, it was really scary, honestly. Yeah. That was a trip. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I remember that very clearly. I think a lot of people remember that, especially in the Bay area. Yeah. I feel like it's something like we're going to tell the next generation. Like one day the sky turned orange and our grandkids are going to be like, what? Unless, you know, this becomes a regular occurrence because global warming and all of a sudden they're like, the sky used to be blue, but you know, hopefully we don't get to that point. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that was um, that was quite a ride. That was quite a ride. And now here we are. It's like time travel. We're just here on a Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> I forgot it was yeah. Friday the thirteenth. That's funny. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, very fun. I wanted to play another track for everyone out there uh, listening in. Do you have a preference? Um, well, I guess I like I, them all. It's uh, tough. Well, uh, I did tell you about how the fight and goddess are like sister tracks. Cause I, I wrote them within, I started writing them within a few minutes of each other. And then about six months later, I finished them within a few minutes of each other. So they're kind of like, I don't know. They were inspired by similar things, but they're also about completely different topics. So well, let's do it. And, this is Goddess. We got Gabby Castro in the box right now. And this is the band camp. I've grown up in a world where no is a question or a suggestion. Taken seriously. The world works in ways I just don't understand. Oh no, I don't want you to hold my hand. I'd like to walk down the street without fear, and a man will look at me like I'm a fresh piece of meat. Day I gotta bare my teeth and bite 
but it shouldn't be that way. You can try to silence me. Gabby Castro, Live Mutiny Radio, here in the box with Gabby now, with this pretty guitar <laughs> made out of satin? What's that? What is it made out of? Koa. Koa, that's right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a nice, nice guitar. <laughs> it's also on the album cover as well. It is, yeah. I, I did pose with it. That's true. I forget, like... I, pictures they weren't they they weren't done that long ago it was like late 2018 but it feels like it's been forever yeah i mean <laughs> i feel like i don't look very different i don't know like it depends but i mean when i look at like my second album because that was 10 years ago that album turns 10 this year and i look at it I'm like, oh my god <laughs> You're just like a little kid. I mean, people think I actually look older on that album cover. I mean, like if you. you oh, that's right. To, you have this picture on Bandcamp. Yeah, so you have to scroll down. This right here, right? Is oh no, that's not the cover, but yeah, that's from around the same time. Oh, right here. Oh nope, that's 2015. So you, I think you have to go to more releases, and you'll see Made to Dream because that album. Keep going, oh wow! Keep going. Whoa, look at that. Keep going. 
That one. Like a young Carly Jepsen. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one below it. That's, yeah, that's made to dream. Uh, oh, my gosh. I maybe just it's because, like, I'm, for... I look serious in the picture, so maybe I look older. But, I mean, yeah, I'm 17 in that picture. And wow. It's been The amazing. background with the, the my, I was raised on a ranch in the East Bay, and um, I have an aunt and uncle that moved up to Idaho, and and so that little thing with a wheel in the background of this picture is something that you use to get hay or to make grass to feed the cows and the farm animals. Yep. It, um, the photos for that album were taken. <laughs> that picture was taken at Ardenwood Farm in Fremont. Ardenwood Historic Farm, like this place I would go to all the time growing up. And then some other pictures on the album that like if you get the physical version, you can see them uh, those were taken at coyote hills which is another place i frequented growing up so coyote hills are like right next to the dumbarton bridge for those who don't know yeah. dumbarton bridge connects uh palo alto to newark or fremont fremont to menlo park menlo park yeah, yeah. something like that so it, it's interesting like i i threw a lot of my my childhood into that album, like in, into the pictures, because those are two places that were very important to me growing up, Ardenwood and, and Coyote Hills, where I did a lot of free-spirited, just wandering around, being an innocent child, not realizing what was to come. <laughs> and then um, Love Always. 2012. Yeah, 2012. Yep, that album turns 10. 2012. Oh, yeah, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> turns 10 on December 1st, and I cannot believe it's been that long. <laughs> yeah, time flies. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Mm -hmm. it really, yeah, it really doesn't seem. I mean, like someone said, you look older in that picture. I don't know if it's just like the I'm not ageist or anything. Doing. Oh no, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the serious pose because then if you look at the next album Love Always I feel like I look a lot younger in that picture but I'm also like smiling so I don't know if like that changes it I have no idea I think you actually look the youngest in this picture the actual profile picture oh yeah oh yeah that's oh my gosh when I look at the picture I'm like oh my god and I know I still have that shirt I'm wearing which is absolutely hilarious yeah. yeah. I still I have that shirt. <laughs> so Pam Pam runs the whole, you know, show here at Mutiny. Mm -hmm. I don't know how she deals with all these comics. Some of them are really, really bad. No, I'm just kidding with you. I'm just joking with you. No. Um, but she she talks about how all the stuff that she had in high school and her clothes still fit her. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's more tops. My tops fit me. Bottoms, probably not. <laughs> But I wouldn't know because when I moved to college, I threw like more than half of my clothing in storage and I haven't looked at it in like 10 years. So Is it still in storage? Or? It is still in storage. Wow. Yep. So I've got to go look and see, see what, what's, what's still there. I'm probably just going to give it all away. You know, Someone else needs it more than I do. It's been sitting in storage for 10 years. Someone else can years. need my jeans. Yeah. 10 years? Yeah. It's a long time. I... We were going through something, gosh, not too long ago, like two or three years ago. It was like this back room somewhere, you know, at my family's place. And there were some jeans that were back there that had been sitting there for 15 years oh that no God. one touched. And I went to try them on. I was like, oh, they fit. 
And then um, they ripped basically wow. when I started walking. They weren't even that tight. But it was just more because it was so old. I and mean, it's sitting there, for, I think, so I'm not a scientist or anything. But I'm thinking that's what it is, is when clothes they sit around for that long that they just, mm. maybe not. I, could, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe those clothes are still good. Oh, who knows? Eh, I guess we won't know until I, I go through that storage unit. <laughs> that's fun. You got to be paying something on that, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, it's my dad storage units oh okay yeah we have a lot of stuff from chilling in there that we definitely need to look at at some point (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be like aladdin you know when uh when uh aladdin they find their way into the treasure the place it's like yeah exactly oh no there's like i mean there's um my high school guitar um that was sitting in storage for like seven years and uh i finally got it out because I, you know, I have this guitar, which is my performance guitar. Um, but I wanted to have another guitar that I could just like have in my room to write with while like I keep this guitar like in its case most of the time. And so I got my high school guitar out and it had been sitting in storage for, yeah, like seven years. And the strings were in perfect condition. It was a little out of tune, but once I tuned it, it was fine. I took it uh, to my friends over at Griffin Strings in Palo Alto and like they checked it and it was just... It was in perfect condition. The only thing that had deteriorated was the sound system. And so we had to replace that, like the electronics. But other than that... They could do that at Griffin? Yeah. I'm going to go down and... I'm going to go down there and drop off a couple guitars because... Sweet. Yeah. yeah they're, they're awesome. I'm a big mom and pop guitar shop. Well, I mean, they don't do ukuleles. We, we love supporting small businesses. Yeah, me too. I think it's worth going to Palo Alto for that. For sure. There's a couple places here in San Francisco. There is a place um, off of Lennon Street um, that's kind of hidden, but they have some off hours. Mm. They might not be open on the weekends. And just, we were talking about earlier, like Guitar Center, it's like the McDonald's of, you know, guitars. <laughs> I have a, a love-hate relationship with Guitar Center. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can go and grab stuff there, and I do have some friends, but... Nah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing you play around uh, and um, tomorrow at a... Up and Did you say Vallejo? Yeah, I'll be in Vallejo tomorrow. The Vallejo... Um, it's a farmer's market? Yeah. Vallejo Farmer's Market tomorrow... Valley Joe, the East Bay kids call it Valley Joe, <laughs> yep. and that sounds really fun. And then Sunday in Alameda, yes. And what was it? At Hangar. Uh, Hangar it? One. It's Hangar uh, the one. Head West Marketplace, and my set is one to three. There's going to be music from eleven to five, but I'm like right in the middle. That is great. Yeah. So that is on Sunday from one to three, yep. and um, yeah. I know you have that guitar. I mean, it just it looks so great. I'm sure you probably <laughs> want to play a song. For sure. Um, yeah. It's been really awesome to have you on the show today. And Thanks for having me. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. And can I, I mean, I know you're working on so much stuff. I'm an artist, too. I just, <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know what's going to happen with that guitar. It's just going to... Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I've recorded with it. I have... 
played countless shows. I've written countless songs on it. But yeah, right now I'm working on a new album that it was supposed to be 17 songs. I was going to pull a, a Taylor Swift and just make a super long album. But now it's going to be even longer. Like now it's going to be I'm sitting on 18 completed songs and one song in progress. But I might just make it 20 songs to make it even. So, you know, but I do have like these two songs I wrote super recently and I'm pretty happy with both of them. Very exciting. Can I play one or two? Absolutely. Or? Yeah, play as many as you want. I mean, yeah. Well, it's like the sample of the, <laughs> yeah, the upcoming. Of what's coming with the album. Yeah, this next album. And it's perfect because it's May, uh, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is something very near and dear to my heart. Um, and this entire album is about, like, my, I wouldn't say my mental health journey, but reflecting back on things that I went through and things I did when I was in the worst of my mental illness. You know, I live with depression and anxiety. And in high school, I had some horrible years of depression and I hurt myself and I hurt so many loved ones. And I didn't realize it at the time because, you know, when, when you're sick, you don't realize it. And when I was in college, I, because I was, you know, removed from the situation, I had time to heal and then when I moved home from college, I had time to reflect. And so this album is about that healing and reflection I went through. So um, let's see. I guess we can do this song. Um, this is Ashes, Ashes. And uh, I wrote it <laughs> nine days ago. Wow, that's fresh. It's very, very fresh. And it's, uh, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll let it tell the, the story. So let me know if... Am I, am I okay? Does it sound good? Alright. Yeah. Mistakes were made and trust was broken. So many words I wish I'd left unspoken. Fire raged through my small town. Ashes, ashes, we all fell down. I found my village, found my home. Disaster left me alone. I ran for my life and looked back to see a pyrocumulus cloud hovering over the trees. I will admit, I caused the spark and flames spread into the dark. I tried to smother it on my own and was left with burns down to my bones. Mistakes were made and trust was broken. So many words I wish I'd left unspoken Fire raged through my small town Ashes, ashes, we all fell down You all knew you had to run And escape the damage I had done But you refused to leave me behind I'll never know what made you change your mind were made and trust was broken so many words i wish i'd left unspoken fire raged through my small town ashes ashes we all fell down i understand why some never came back forest green was charred to black but to those of you who returned and stayed i truly have no way to repay I rebuilt an 
all atone for the sins I committed on my own. I'm haunted by ghosts of my past, but I'll survive. I always have. Mistakes were made and trust was broken. So many words I wish I'd left unspoken. Fire raged through my small town. Ashes, ashes, we all fell down. 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 Ashes, ashes, it's over now. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. It's a great song. Thank you. It's fun to play. Yeah. I haven't played it. Have I played it live though? Or like at a show live? I don't think so. That's the first time ever? Uh, I think it's... Well, like, not ever, but... Like first time like outside of my house or <laughs> apartment. <laughs> yeah. I just can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. I just can picture you like sitting by a windowsill writing that song. <laughs> basically how it happened yep yep i i feel like 90 percent of my songs have been written in my bedroom like wherever i've been living whether it's been like in my house in san jose in my apartment in union city or in my dorm room in st paul majority of my songs have been written there and you've got a handful written in practice rooms and actually a pretty good amount of songs have been started in hotel rooms from like you know being at conferences and gigs and all that yeah i for me sometimes and i do love it here and i love my my place uh the community that we have here being close to mutiny radio um so many you know but sometimes it's good to get away and i the whole hotel thing you know i feel like there's a lot to that you know there's a lot of rock and roll songs about hotels you know oh my goodness and yeah, there is something about just getting away as an artist and just getting a different kind of um, experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think nice. I think I'm gonna do that. I think I'm I think I'm gonna um, go to L.A. Actually, the first week of June. Ooh. And yeah, so this tiki desk thing that we started, and it was kind of similar to what we we're talking about earlier. Um, you know, when the pandemic had hit and then you couldn't do any shows and nobody could do any shows except Kevin North is somebody who runs the farmer's markets here in San Francisco. He's a lot more than that. He, but, um, he was able to play during the pandemic and we were, they were able to pay artists, but they couldn't sing. They had to play the music and had to wear a mask and not sing. And so that was kind of, I remember I did it a couple of times and just felt, you know, felt pretty down yeah yeah it's hard it's, I, I don't yeah. know i mean like i wouldn't say yeah i mean it was a downer for sure it was just like playing without playing guitar without singing for me just doesn't it doesn't feel right yeah it, it really doesn't i yeah i did a lot of live streams at the beginning because i wanted to keep playing music and honestly i started doing live streams to like make up for the shows i was losing you know, because at first, you know, everything started being shut down. And yeah, I I didn't want to just lose the show. So I did some live streams on uh, Facebook. I live streamed from 
Facebook and Instagram. And I made them about an hour because I didn't realize at the time that Instagram Live cuts you off after an hour. So, you know, I started just doing these hourly, hour-long shows and people enjoyed it. But then after a while, I started burning out because it was like, I can't do... It's so dry. It's too. very dry. Yeah, it's it burns you out and it's like you realize there's people watching you and commenting, but it's not the same. So I I took a break for a bit and then, you know, in uh, I think it was March or April of 2021, uh my friend Chas who like he books a bunch of of places in Santa Cruz County, he was able to start getting me shows again and I mean, the first time I played a show, this was at the Chaminade. It's a resort and spa in Santa Cruz. And it has, like, this beautiful view of the ocean, and it's just it's gorgeous. And, like, playing a show for the first time in over a year, it was like, whoa. Outer body experience, huh? Exactly. Like, it was just, it was fantastic. And people were so happy. They're like, oh, I haven't seen live music in so long. And, oh, that was That's wonderful. such a great feeling. Yeah. And so... It kind of, you know, it started like that with us here at Muni. It was like the whole world stopped. There's all these bands coming on tour, all these comedians coming through. Um, and then, you know, with noise pop and, you know, comedy festivals and everything that we were doing that, you know, and then March 12th or whenever they shut everything down, it was just the whole world stopped, but the radio shows went on. Yeah. And so we, we really adapted to that, especially Pam. Um mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing outdoor comedy and, you know, gosh, I still call it outdoor comedy. It's indoor. It's been indoor for a long time now. Madame's is this place over here on the corner. Uh-huh. And so they they have a stage now. So before we were doing it outside, now we're doing it inside. I don't know. I mean, we're talking about comedy we're, yeah, and um, entertainment. And so um, what it was, I think everyone went through that where you're thinking it's going to be three weeks. Everything is going to be reopened. You'll be able to be David Grawl again and scream up on stage or whatever you do. I don't know. Someone was talking about David Grawl the other day. <laughs> um, so then three weeks go by. You're like, oh, well, what's going on? And then three months go by. So this band had called on June 12, 2020. They just released this record. Kind of similar like with, with you. You have this new song that was the first time that anyone even heard it outside. Maybe your, your um, Beagle and your, um, your, you know, some of your roommates. Like, yeah. And so that was what it was for them. They were just like, they just Mm. spent all this time in the studio. And so they released this record on the the 12th, June 12th. And I was joking around with them. It was a joke. I was joking. I said, you guys want to come over and play a set on my rooftop? We could live stream it. Oh my God. And so that's, that's what happened. And so they were, I was joking around, but they took me up on it. So they came over and they usually, they're a duo. And so they have usually like a table that they pull out. And they have like these drums, a drum synth pad and whatever. But because there wasn't a bunch of people there because it was a pandemic and it was kind of on the heat of it, mm-hmm. um, they asked, hey, can we set up on your tiki bar? And at one point during the set, they're like, hey, this is tiki desk concerts. Oh, cute. And yeah. so that's how it started. And before, you know, we started doing it, it was just the microphone on the phone. Like, you know, and so it just evolved so much. And now... I got people calling me from New York. They're saying they want to play a roof, play oh, on my rooftop. So I'm like, oh, that's fun. so cool. Yeah. Love to have you through sometime too yes. in the future. We've yeah. been really kind of mixing up some comedy and uh, and music because we're a big comedy radio station. For sure. And I'm a music, I'm a guitar, you know, more of a guitar player, but. 
yeah. I definitely feel like a different type of fish in a different type of pond, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been told I'm the comedian of my family, which is interesting. But and I, our last, or not our last Thanksgiving, but a few Thanksgivings ago, I remember my aunt came up to me and was like, why didn't you ever go into comedy? Like, I'm a singer-songwriter. Why would I? It's not too late. True. <laughs> I don't know. I have a weird sense of humor. And it's just, it's a lot. It's dry and it can get very sexual as well, which a lot of people have issues with, but I really don't care. So <laughs> whatever works. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, yeah, so there was, there was a, so we did this um, tiki desk. So we call it tiki desk. And so it's a deck, right? With a tiki bar on the top. And I just, someone was telling me that this girl just couldn't stop talking about my deck. No. I just, <laughs> I thought it was, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not even a comedian that just happened that way. It was just like, she wouldn't stop talking about it, you know? Amazing. But it's funny because, it, I mean, because it sounds so much like yep. the other thing. And then I seen somebody else trying to do something similar. It popped mm-hmm. up on some social media thing on Facebook. And they're calling it Tiny Deck Concerts. Oh, and I was yeah. just like, after this whole thing everyone was talking about, I was you know, as a joke, like the deck thing. I was just like, well, tiny deck kind of sounds like tiny. Yeah. 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 I'm not sizes or anything. But. Uh, <laughs> 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 yep, yep. Wow. Oh, man. It's been so much fun. Yeah. So, yeah, play you play as many songs as you would like. Oh, gosh. All yeah. right. However many is, I just don't want to get in trouble with the SFPD with oh, yeah. parked car. Is it a two-hour parking right there on it, Bryant? It is, yeah. You're good. I'm good? Yes. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah, it expires at six. They would have had to march your tires. Yeah. They're not that aggressive. They're not that aggressive. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Perfect. So I'll play a... This is a song that I wrote it and I didn't know what to call it. And the majority of my, like I would say 95, almost 99% of my songs, I write the song and I know what, what the title is going to be. But this song, I had no idea. And I played it at a couple of virtual open mics. I sent the lyrics to some friends, to my mom, to like just being like, what should I call this song? And, you know, eventually I recorded... Uh, I recorded it in my bedroom. I took like a, a quick like video and put it on Instagram and someone messaged me and said, you should name it something that isn't said in the song. I'm like, oh, okay, that could work. And I thought about it and the song is about like wanting, you know, being alone, being single and having been single for a while and just thinking like, am I ever going to find that someone? And we talked a little bit about astrology earlier. So I'm a Capricorn sun, but I'm a Libra moon. And it's interesting because Libras, you know, they're they're the scales. They need to be balanced. And a lot of Libras, they say that, you know, like it, one way to be balanced is to have a partner, like a lifelong partner. And I'm thinking, okay. And I haven't found that person yet. But I thought, what if I named this moon in Libra? Because it's about wanting to find that balance, like that person so that's cool it's called moon and libra nice <laughs>
since I was 21 Oh, is anyone out there? Anyone? Solitude is serenity But I'd still love for someone to hold me When my ghosts come to haunt me in the night school crush fall in love get swept away all in a rush i always thought my life would be a fairy tale never thought i'd see these so-called great ambitions fail and i'm alone with my past and all its heavy baggage wondering if anyone will want to read between my lines Gently turn my pages and write a new chapter to the story of the story of my life. Oh, I'm still afraid to take a leap of faith. Don't know if my ceramic heart could take another chase that leaves me behind, broken under the moonlight. Wondering if any of this is worth a fight And I'm alone with my past and all its heavy baggage Wondering if anyone will want to read between my lines Gently turn my pages and write a new chapter to the story of The story of my life I'm as wild as the Sierras as the Diablo winds My secrets and stories Hidden in gold country riverbeds Oh, is anyone out there Anyone willing to show me Love worth fighting Turn my pages and write a new chapter to the story of the story of I'm alone with my past and all its heavy baggage, wondering if anyone will want to read between my lines. Gently turn my pages and write a new chapter to the story of the story of oh, the story of. The story of my life Oh, I haven't been in love since I was 21 Oh, is anyone out there? Anyone? That's a great, great song, wow Thank you I like the um, the lyrics. <clears throat> are you talking about fairy tale? <laughs> and I feel like this is a fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> Life is a fairy tale. And there's somebody out. I don't know. I um, 
Yeah, I feel like that's why I wake up every day, right? Yeah, Find right. that, you know, Find that. right away in the sunset, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but just a lot of, like, reflecting, too. Because, I mean, I, you know, this is this is all truthful. Like, I write my songs from, you know, personal experience and my own stories. And it's true, you know? When I got into my first relationship when I was 16, I thought I was going to be with that guy forever. And we were going to get married and we were going to have kids. And, like... All of that, and then that didn't happen. Instead, I got broken up with on Valentine's Day via text. So. Wow. How many <laughs> years did that go on for, huh? Well, actually, that happened 10 years ago. So, 10 years ago this, yeah, this past Valentine's Plenty of time. You got to find the right, <laughs> the right one. Exactly. Yep. And so, the, the moon and the Libra. Mm -hmm. Are you a Van Morrison fan at all? So he's got that moon dance. He's got a moon dance song, and I wonder if that had to do with it. No. I wonder. No, I mean, not with the song that you were, but I wonder if it had to do with the the Zodiac sign that he was riffing oh, off of something like that. True. And then Michael Jackson redid that song and made it Billie Jean. It's the same. Dun, 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 dun. I was raised on his music, so... And so I really think that they took... He resolved uh, Van Morrison's moon dance mm -hmm. and made it Billie Jean. Instead of a moon dance, he did a moon walk. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I'm not in I'm the artist's head. It's, it's really fun. I don't know. It's yeah. just... It's really... You know, you see these paintings... Or you see paintings and you walk by on the street or... You just think about it. It's just like... What was this person thinking when they... I mean, that looks kind of dark. But, like, that one right there, that boogeyman right there. Mm. Like, what was it? And I feel like it's probably similar with music, too. Trying to figure out, like, hey, what was that person thinking? Right. Did you grow up with any big... Uh, did you have a favorite band growing up? Uh, let's see. I mean, I've... I grew up listening to so many different kinds of music. Like, my mom raised me on Simon and Garfunkel and Shania Twain. Yes. Uh, my dad raised me on Michael Jackson, Madonna, Rod Stewart. Wow, your dad on Madonna. Yeah, my dad. I think I actually think we'd get along. Yeah, my my mom and my dad are big Madonna fans. And Rod Stewart's a huge one for me. Um, so that was like my childhood. And then when I you know, started listening to my own, like just music that I discovered on my own, like Avril Lavigne huge for me like she's the one who like made me realize i could pick up a guitar and write songs and then taylor swift came along and i was like oh yeah this is it and you know like i'm even wearing a taylor swift cardigan right now like, I, she's like my lord and savior basically it's um, a pullover but thanks for noticing <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm about. like i adore her oh. uh let's see college i listen to a lot of local bands just because that's you know when you're in college like you're listening to a lot of of the people around you and I was in music college so I you know listened to a lot of the local Minneapolis scene and and of course you know I had to listen to the artists who are actually from there like Prince so there's that St. Paul yeah, yeah. Saint Paul. or Minneapolis Minneapolis yeah well Prince I technically Minnetonka but close Minneapolis enough. is close enough uh I mean if Prince is from there wow. I know and Bob Dylan is also from Minnesota but he's kind of, like they could claim him but it's it's a little tricky because he didn't really start in minnesota but i mean bob dylan is pretty important for me 
And then out of college, I discovered James Bay. And he's like, I adore that man. Like, he is amazing. And today he announced the title and release date of his new album. And I'm just like in heaven right now. because I love him. I've seen him twice. And then when I saw him live, I saw him in Oakland. And this artist named Noah Khan opened for him. And when I saw Noah, I was like, oh, oh, my goodness. Like, Noah is one of my favorite artists of all time. I'm going to see him at Bottle Rock uh, in Napa at the end of this month. Um, I Back in December, he went on tour to uh, promote his second album, I Was, I Am. And I, I mean, he came to San Francisco, but I decided to, like, full send it. And does anyone even say that anymore? Full send it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. does anyone say that? I don't think so. But like, I decided to just do it. And I didn't just go to San Francisco. I saw him in Sacramento, San Francisco. And then my mom and my brother came with me. We went down to LA and San Diego and drove all the way to Phoenix. So he, to see his last show, like the last, I basically went to the last leg of his tour. And, you know, like we've talked multiple times, you know. Just, you actually met this person. Like I've met him before. He is such a sweetheart. He writes about mental health, which is like huge for me because I do too. And I hadn't really like known of any other artists who really did that. And so when I realized he did that, I was like, oh my God. And like, you know, we've talked about it either in person or via DM. He is fantastic. And then thanks to Noah, he had this artist named Blake Rose open for him. And Blake is this fantastic like indie pop artist from he's from Australia, but he lives in L.A. now. And then I got to meet Blake and he's a sweetheart. And even more recently, yesterday on Twitter, I was following uh, this thread on just like country music. And, and there's so many issues within country music, like sexism and so many subjects that are taboo and uh, this um this writer I follow, like she, she writes a lot about artists and she's just fantastic. She was talking about um, how like we need to talk more about mental health in especially country music because it's stigmatized like all around, but especially in country music. And I think there's a few other genres that are very, very, you know, they very much stigmatize mental health, but country's up there. And this woman commented, you know, there's this artist or this, this country artist who has done a fantastic job of writing about uh, her struggles with mental health, and that's Morgan Wade. And I was like, a woman? Like me? And so I looked her up, and I bought her album on iTunes, You know, downloaded it to my phone, listened to it on my drive home. And I'm just like, uh, is this my long-lost sister? Because like, we were both born in December of 94. We're the same age. Oh, so that's right. You're the day. You're right before New Year's. I am right before New Year's. Yeah, she's December 10th. I I, I looked this up on the way here, and I'm like, um, she's a Sag like me. Yeah, she's fantastic. I'm like, um, I've been listening to her for a day, and I'm already like, I think I have a new top 10 artist. Like, this is fantastic. So, you know, I I made that way longer than it needed to be, but that is my like no, I think it's great. range of artists that I listen. That's actually to. the number one thing I'm most passionate about too is mental health. Oh yeah, and I don't know. I feel like the way and every every artist like I think has a different way of expressing it. I mean, you know, Van Gogh. You know, mm-hmm. there was something that was there was something there was you know there was something going on with him. You know, yeah. Um. And using art as a 
form of expression and to express that. And I feel like, um, for, for me and maybe other people, I feel like it's more subliminal. Like even Alanis Morissette, for some reason, there's something about it, her style that I just, I feel like she's a, she's touching on that mental health awareness. I don't know why, but I feel that way, mm-hmm. but maybe, you know, the whole, I guess the ironic song is like such a big, maybe overplayed hit, but that's just one of them. Um, what is it? There's like, I got one hand in my pocket, you know, or whatever, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like somebody, you know, another one smoking a cigarette or whatever, you know, I feel like, I feel like it could be subliminal sometimes too, but when you're, when it's that and it's not because your lyrics are so great, I feel like, with your lyrics, you could read it and be like, "Oh shit, this actually this actually means something." Like uh. with um, I feel like, you know, you're talking about when you wrote a song, you didn't know what it was going to be called or, or something. Mm-hmm. I, um, and then it was the moon when it came into that. There's that Led Zeppelin song called "Black Dog." Yeah, you heard the story with that. There was a black dog in the studio, and that's the reason why they, okay. they didn't know what they were going to name it. It was like, there's a black dog there, which is... Let's just like, call it that. And when I think black dog, I think of it being the uh, the symbolism for depression, which actually Noah Kahn does in, in one of his songs. He, he uses the metaphor of the black dog as depression. And I'm like, that is great. Yeah, so Paige and um, uh, Andy Johns, the producer for that record, that's what they were thinking, like... Let's raise mental health awareness <laughs> no, with, that. with the dog. I know I do. I do. Um, you know, there's a reason why. I mean, the service animal thing is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially with this pandemic, any kind of, and I don't know. I, uh, yeah. The way that I kind of talk about it, I know we're getting in this now, but um, I like to, for me and how I, my positive way of dealing with mental health is, addressing it as a, you know, everyone's bipolar and everyone has ADD and addressing it that way versus, oh, you in then backing someone into a corner and be like, oh, like you're depressed or something. But I know that, I mean, that's all, everyone has a different type of thing going on. Yeah. But playing music is just such a, that's the, I mean, or having a creative outlet is great. Yeah. I mean, music is like what saved me, honestly. I mean, you know, it it was my way of, when I started writing songs, actually, the first song I ever wrote was about being bullied as a 12 year old. Cause like I went to prep school and uh, like, I mean, you know, I, and I I will talk about this openly. Like I was raised fairly well off, you know, I grew up in a, a nice five bedroom house with a backyard and a white picket fence, you know, air quotes, American dream. Um, and then the crash of 08 happened, ha, ha, ha. But, you know, <laughs> like I grew up pretty well off. But when I went to prep school, I realized that compared to the people I was going to school with, I was broke in comparison. It was intense. And I was bullied for that. Like I was bullied for something as stupid as my socioeconomic status. It's like, it's the, like, why? Like, I don't yeah. understand why. I'm glad you brought that up because I think, you know, somebody where they live or where they're from or how much money they have it shouldn't really matter yeah you know who you are is what matters and i felt like i it it affects 
people. Um, and it affects everyone differently. But I lived in on Geary and Polk Street. We were just talking about that earlier. And I remember mm-hmm. when people that I knew and acquaintances knew where I found out where I lived, like that's the way it became. It became part of my identity. It was like, mm-hmm. hey, J, this is JW. He lives in the Tenderloin. And it was like, why does it matter? Yeah. It's like you're going to go and say, oh, yeah, this is my friend, you know, Jerry. They live in the projects. Like, it just it just seems so wrong. It was just, I remember feeling like it was so wrong at the time. I remember, um, and where I lived was actually not bad. I lived on the good side of the street, you know? Right? Yeah, like, same with me. Like, where I lived in San Jose, like, I, yes, I lived in East San Jose, but I lived in definitely the safer part, for sure. But again, like, why does that matter to people and you know i i wasn't just bullied for that i was also bullied for like things i liked and you know like to this day like even if i'm like and i'm very vocal about it on twitter like i'm a huge anime fan and in middle school oh my goodness a lot of the bullying came from that which is hilarious because now everyone wears the shirts and it's like yeah this is an anime shirt and i'm like you don't understand you don't even know the characters you're wearing honey but, you know, yeah, there's some comedians that are big anime fans. It's like part of their whole yeah, skit. It's pretty funny. Yeah, anime is fantastic. Manga anime. I love it. And like, I'm a big fan of Sailor this. Moon. I actually did not grow up watching Sailor Moon, but I love the art. I think it's beautifully done. Oh, like, my gosh. I really appreciate how it's done. For sure. One of my best friends is super into um, into. Why can't I think of the name that I just said? Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Yeah. Super in. So That's we went classic. to this Halloween meltdown and she was wearing the outfit for oh, Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. And then she freaking crowd surfed the whole place. I just oh, like, is my friend really that badass? Ah. It was a Sailor Moon just floating over the Halloween meltdown. It was the coolest thing. Anime is, is awesome. And there's, I mean, I have made friends on the internet, like from just this fandom it's hilarious fandom like, yeah our fandoms were you know i got a couple of those fandoms my cousin gave me a couple he gave me like this guitaro and a tommy boy one um chris farley mm. you know the little dolls you yeah. know what i'm talking about yeah yeah pretty fantastic wow it's been really awesome do you got another song on you uh yeah let's see oh man what should i do i guess i should end it on a, a positive note right a positive means something different now these days. True. <laughs> um, Nobody else that's positive. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I could end it. Okay, so this is... Um, I wrote this song... Started writing it in November, and I finished it in January. And it's called Run Like the River. And it's about how, uh, I mean, I, I think I, I talked about this earlier, like the like nature and being in the middle of nowhere is really like my happy place, my refuge. And so I wrote this about uh, just the river being where I can let it all out if I need to. Because, you know, like living with depression, like I will have those moments where I just need to get away from everything and just breathe. And that place for me is, nature just in the middle of nowhere I usually have a a sheet music in front of me and I just realized um, I don't have all this in front of me so let's see 
Let's see how this goes. The sheet music, yeah. Like, a, you usually have the... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I could try to pull it up on my, my phone. So yeah, so you got the uh, Farmer's Market Show uh, tomorrow in Vallejo. Yes. That is at 1? It is 9 to 2. 9 to 2. Yeah. That's early. It is quite early. Yep. I'm going to have to leave my place at like 7.30, if not earlier. Yeah, so... Catch Gabby tomorrow at the Vallejo Farmer's Market. Yep. 9 to 2. Then on Sunday at the Alameda Hangar 1 yes. at 1 o'clock. Should be a nice, nice day in Alameda. Yes, for sure. Great. All right. So I guess I'll, I'll end with uh, Run Like the River. I hear the wind blowing wild and free I hear the train whistling through the breeze I hear my heart beating like a drum Oh, and I can hear the river run I see the clouds floating over me I see the birds flying carefree I see the red of the setting sun Oh, and I can see the river run Thoughts escape, lost in the current I lose my faith, my mind keeps stirring Deep breath, take a few steps in I let myself come undone And I run, 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 run like the river Run, 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 run like the river Run, 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 run like the river Run, 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 run like the river my legs fighting gravity I feel my hands reaching for the trees I feel another nightmare has begun oh and I can feel the river run when I fall apart awake or dreaming lose my head start I can't stop screaming deep breath take a few steps and I let myself come undone and I run, 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 run like the river Run, 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 run like the river Run, 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 run like the river Run, 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 run like the river When the world goes dark, I can't reach the surface There's no way out, I lose my purpose Deep breath, take a few steps in I let it all come undone and I run, 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 run like the river Run, 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 run like the river Run, 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 run like the river Run, 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 run like the river Run, run, oh, run Run like the river Run like the river, run, 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 run like the river.
river. Wow. Thank you. That is a great, that is a good one. Wow. I think I did actually hear that song on the rooftop at Salesforce yes, Tower. I probably did play it, yeah. That's catchy. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming in the Muni. It's good to have you again. Sure. And um, yeah, we are getting geared up for this comedy battle. Sweet. I know Pam has told me it's not a comedy battle, it's an open mic, but uh, <laughs> she called it a comedy battle for two weeks. I know I said earlier, mm. it's been a comedy battle ever since for me. Who will win? Oh my gosh. <laughs> cool. Well, maybe we'll see you in Alameda on Sunday. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Got the quilters coming through next week. Catch you next week. Stay tuned for the comedy battle. children actors oh is she dead
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government, and it's personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! $4.99. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible. 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. Around in it on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. Good feeling. I am a total fraud. Laurie Stone, Jesus' voice is absolutely right. I am Teddy, Billy, and adolescent. And I will cut the Henry! Henry! Charlie here! Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? 
Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. We're going to do a sound check. Sound check here. Coming up at six o'clock. Comedy happy hour here on mutinyradio.sf in FM. No, .fm and .sf. Uh, hey, Josh, we run up on stage and so I can sound check. This is fine. We're all working. We got a new person, which is amazing. Welcome, Max. Uh, talk into the. Hey, can you hear me? Airline food is weird. Am I right? Men and women are different. Yeah, cool. Women are weird. Uh, and then I've got that other one. I've got one up just for um, just for ambient sound. People laughing, the raucous <laughs> laughter of everyone. So cool. Talk to under. Go to skinonskins.com. That's S K I N O N S K I N. Stop it. 